He's been gone, well, be 18 years in March. You go from headed to medical school to heading to prison. It was almost incomprehensible. It was hard. was a year for a lot of stuff. It is a weight lifted off your shoulders. So now he's going to be home and safe. They granted it and they can't take it back. They can't take it away. It still seems like a dream. Like I said, he's, he's been turned down so many times. It is going to be a ride. President Obama decided to relook at your case and he grants you clemency today. Yesterday, in part one of our series, Commuted, Life After Prison, Aaron Glasscock's family is full of emotion and anticipation. After 18 years in prison, Aaron had his sentence commuted by President Obama. Here in part two, his family is on their way to pick up Aaron. Can his family's memories of the past before prison connect to this unknown future now rushing at them? Takeaway producer Dana Roberson takes us there. Breaking news, weather and traffic station, news radio. It's the day of Aaron's release. A chilly Wednesday morning, and the sun hasn't come up yet. We are in Aaron's sister's car, an SUV with room for both Aaron and the clothing and essentials that his mom, Pigeon, has been gathering for him. Pigeon and close family friend Eddie Lanham sit in the back. I sit up front with Aaron's sister, Jeannie Yoakum. I'm Jeannie. I'm Aaron's sister. I'm actually driving everybody to get him. I'm really excited. Didn't get much sleep last night. I'm trying not to drive too fast, but my foot keeps wanting to go down faster. So I just want to get there and get him. It's about a two-hour drive to Manchester Federal Correctional Institution. And although they have taken this ride hundreds of times before, this one feels different. There is a jittery tension in the air. The two-hour car ride is filled with some humor <laughs> and then moments of reflection and hope for whatever will come next. My name is Ed Lanham. I'm from here in Gravel Switch, Kentucky. I met Aaron and his mom and Jeannie through my aunt many years ago. They were friends. He was around 16 probably at the time. Yeah. And, and uh, you, you just knew, you know, he was he was headed for great things, you know. I think we're still in shock over 18 years later. We're still in shock that it even happened. And I guess the worst thing for me, and I'm sure all of you all, is that we've just felt helpless through this entire process. It was hard. I was close to Aaron. Of course, I'm the baby. He spoiled me, and he'll tell you that too. So it's been hard, especially with him not being here and being with me on special occasions. (laughs) Um, when I graduated, he had wrote me a special letter that I carried with me in a picture. But now I'm just so glad he's going to be home. Every time you go visit him, when you have to say goodbye, here we are walking out those doors, going back to our regular life. And he always put up the biggest front. He will, you, you look back at him, you got to do that last glance, last wave goodbye. And he would always have a smile on his face, just like everything was great. And you know, he was just dying inside. So this is the one time. No, no last glances, <laughs> right? Oh, gosh. No, no last glances. Pigeon, who is usually very chatty, spent most of the ride quiet and reflective. Sometimes it depended on who the guard was there, and I'd go... Can I just put him in my, hide him in my pocket? And can you look the other way for a minute? And I'll just put him in my pocket and take him with me. You know, little, 
you know, silly things like that. And uh, sometimes, you know, they'd answer and they go, I wish you could. You don't know how many times I wished I had that little magic wand where I could shrink him down and put him in my pocket and bring him on with me. But today I won't have to worry about it. Um, we're a close family anyway, and we always have been. Um, and this has probably made us even closer as a family. And going through this journey even afterwards, I would say, will make us even closer and stronger. I saw you brought something for him. Yes, my daughter, Emma, loves her Uncle Aaron, and we had to get her school picture and a little one and cut it out because she said Uncle Aaron had to put that in his wallet. What are you going to do when you see him and you guys walk out? I'm going to give him a big hug. <laughs> By the time we arrive, the sun has come out and the mood has shifted. Well, we don't have to look at that bark wire fence anymore, do we? Uh-uh. We do not. This will be it. This will be the last time. Only Pigeon and Jeannie head into the prison. I wasn't allowed in, but I could see the back of Aaron's head through the glass doors. Back at the car, Eddie is waiting. Doesn't seem real. Well, he was sitting there. Oh, good. Good. Good, good, good. He talked about the toll that Aaron's imprisonment has put on the family. I mean, literally, I, I went to see him the day he left for his trial. And I said, I'll see you in a few days. I mean, he hadn't done anything. So I'm like, there's no way they can convict him. And then they put him through four trials. They just kept trying him until they had mistrial after mistrial, and this happened and that happened. You can imagine what it's taken to pay for four trials. I mean, it's... It's all but bankrupted them. She sold her house and moved to a different house. She's taken extra jobs. Pigeon has fought so hard. I'm hoping him being home will be a turnaround for her, her health even. No more than 30 minutes had passed since Jeannie and Pigeon walked into prison. They walked out a threesome with Aaron. Hey. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Better now. <laughs> this is Dana. Uh, how are you, Dana? I'm good. How are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> Get the back. Back? Yep. You All sure? Right. You want him in the back? or? I want him in the back with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tomorrow, we'll hear Aaron in his first hours of freedom. I've got a list of, uh, my one list is things that I need to do. You know, like get my license, get a phone, get a job. You know, just small things that I need to get done. And then the other list are things for me to watch out for. And then, after just three hours, the family must say goodbye to Aaron again. This time, at the halfway house. Maybe this was just a little bit different plan that God had for him to help reach people that he would have never, ever reached otherwise. So that's just the way we had to look at it. You know. That's all coming up in our series, Commuted, Life After Prison. This is Dana Roberson for The Takeaway. There's 
a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here? And maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts.